From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Well, we're going to wrap up the uh, current Nazi-fighting uh, Superman story, or pseudo-Nazi fighting. So, without any further ado, here are the next four parts of The Grayson Submarine. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings of a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, then steal in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. And now to our story. Trapped in a mysteriously disabled submarine 250 feet below the surface of the water, Clark Kent, against the orders and better judgment of the commander, has gone through the sub's emergency escape hatch to investigate the reason for the submarine being held motionless at this great depth. Unaware that Kent is Superman, the commander is certain he has gone to his death, crushed beyond recognition by the pressure of the water. Five minutes have passed since Kent entered the escape hatch. Commander Leeds and his first officer are standing at the submarine's control panel. The older man's lined face is pale, and his hand shakes as he passes it across his forehead. I'm a murderer, Evans. Nothing but a murderer. You mustn't feel that way, Commander Leeds. You say he insisted and even went as far as to threaten him. I know, but that's no excuse. What made me do it? Why did I agree to help him commit suicide? Why? Your life was at stake. That's reason enough. And he was probably insane with fear. I've seen people who thought they were doomed lose their minds. No, he was as sane as you are, Evans. The last thing he said before I closed the escape hatch was goodbye. See you soon. He joked about wearing a monsoon lung. Said he didn't look very pretty with it on. Evans, I took his life. I killed him as surely as if I'd sent a bullet to his heart. His blood is on my hands. There's that strange scraping on the hull again, Commander. Seems to be louder now. His blood is on my hands, Evans. Commander, something's happening. Look at the depth gauge. We're going up. What? Look. 230. 220. Yes. 210. We're rising. Start the motors. Hurry. Engine room. Full speed ahead. Diving officer. Set us at once. Heavens, it's true. We're free. 190. 180. It's a miracle, Heavens. A miracle. As the submarine planes swiftly toward the surface and freedom, a strange scene is being enacted in a seemingly deserted house high on a cliff overlooking the ocean. With the almost eerie hum of what sounds like a huge dynamo in the background, Lois Lane and Perry White, handcuffed and helpless, are being held captive in a ground floor room. Their captor, a tall, well-groomed foreigner with close-cropped hair, sits opposite them. He glances at his watch, looks up, and smiles faintly. I see you are getting impatient, Herr White. You will not have long to wait. Is there anything I can get for you, Miss Lane? A glass of wine, perhaps? No, thank you. All I want to know is, when does this farce end? When do you get tired of playing games? It is hardly a game, Herr White. No game has stakes so high. Who are you, anyway? What difference does it make? You know what you sound like to me? One of those dirty... Be careful, Herr White. Do not take insults lightly. Oh, please, Mr. White, he's dangerous. Miss Lane is quite correct. 
I am dangerous because I am involved in dangerous business. As a matter of fact, I can see no reason for not introducing myself to you. You will never be able to tell anyone in this world that you have met me. My name is Dr. Deutsch. I thought so. What did you think? He didn't think anything, did you, Mr. White? You have heard of me, have I? No, but I know you're kind, Deutsch. And if you think you can get anywhere in this country, you're crazy. This isn't France or Belgium or Finland. This is America. We like our freedom, and we're going to keep it in spite of rats like you. Dare you? You will suffer for this, as no man has ever suffered before. Mr. White, please don't say any more. He has already said too much. Yeah, yeah, doctor. Hans, I want you to meet the editor of the great Daily Planet newspaper, Herr White. He has just insulted me, Hans. Thanks. That will come later. He may be of use to us. In the meantime, I want you to make him suffer for the insult. You understand? Yeah. Very well. Take him away. Oh, no, please. He didn't mean Lois, it. Lois, don't plead with the swine. They don't dare touch me. Be sharp, Take oh, him away. Don't. You don't please don't drag me. I'll go. But remember this, Deutsch. It doesn't matter what you do with me. There are a hundred million more like me in this country, and every one of them hates you and the things you represent. Now remember that, Joyce. Every American in this country hates you. What? It's too bad he's such a fool, Herbert. What are you going to do to him? He will get what he deserves. But, but he's not a young man. He's not strong. You're liable to kill him. That, Miss Lane, is the least. You're a fiend. Nothing but a fiend. Those are very unpleasant words, Miss Lane. I would advise you not to use them again. I am extremely sensitive. Why are you holding us here? What have we done to you? You have attempted to interfere with my plans. Nothing can do that. You must believe me. We were lost. All we wanted were directions. Nothing this fast, Miss Lane. You and Herr White did not come here by accident. You knew somehow that we planned to get our hands on the Grayson submarine. What? Your what? innocence is not very convincing, Miss Lane. Tell me, how did you know? We didn't know. I swear you, we didn't. You lie. But it doesn't matter. We have the submarine. She lies at anchor in a hidden cove nearby. Shortly, then we have disposed of some other interferers from another submarine, including your friend Clark Kent. We will sail the Grayson ship across the ocean to where it belongs. And you, I think, will have the honor of sailing with... Well, no, you can't do that. Why? The power has gone off. Hans! Yeah, yeah, Doctor. The power is off. Why is it off? The fight is soon and coming. I'm sorry for the I'm sorry to have to tell you, Miss Lane, that the submarine carrying Herr Kent has escaped our trap. Under the circumstances, I think it wise to sail at once. You and Herr White will accompany us. In case of difficulty, it will be well for us to have two Americans on board. No, I won't go with you. You have one of two choices, Miss Lane. Either you will accompany us willingly alive, or you will remain behind dead. You see that clock on the mantelpiece? It's about to strike the power. You must decide before it finishes striking. With Lois forced to make a decision that will mean disaster in one way or another, the situation looks desperate. 
Meanwhile, Commander Lead Submarine, having escaped the trap, is back at the naval base. Clark Kent has been given up for lost. The tragic news travels like wildfire. But even as giant presses pour extras into the street, a strange figure wheels above the city of Metropolis in curious flight. Red cloaks streaming in the night wind, powerful muscles rippling beneath the taut material of his blue costume, Superman hovers over the Daily Planet building, his sharp eyes piercing the darkness. Suddenly, like some giant bird, he plummets to earth, lands on a side street, and steps back into the shadow of a doorway. In a moment, he has assumed the guise of Clark Kent, meek, soft-voiced reporter, and waits as slow, dejected footsteps approach up the street. Jimmy! Oh! Jimmy, over here. Mr. Kent! Oh, it can't be. I'm seeing things. Shh, Jimmy, come into the doorway. You said you were lost. Dad, I heard it on the radio. Yes, I know. I want everyone to believe I'm lost. But why did they say it? I was going to quit my job. I didn't want to be a copy boy or a reporter or anything else if you were gone. Oh, tops, Jimmy. Now, look, we've got plenty of work to do, so buck up. Okay, Mr. Kent. Gee, I'm glad to see you. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Yeah, no gladder than I am to see you. I've been waiting hours for you to come out of the Daily Planet building. Is Mr. White still in his office? Gosh, no. That's another thing, Mr. Kent. Lois and Mr. White left for the naval base the minute they heard you were trapped in that submarine. Oh? That was at 6 o'clock. That's after 10. They're probably at the base now. No, they never got there. What do you mean? Well, Mr. White's secretary's been calling the naval base every 10 minutes since 8 o'clock. But they never arrived. That's funny. Say, what's this all about, Mr. Kent? What happened on that submarine? It's too long a story to tell you now, Jimmy. I know most of it. The Grayson submarine went down in a test dive and got stuck at 350 feet. And another submarine went down after it and got stuck, too. Were you really on that second submarine? Yes, but neither of them got stuck. They were trapped. Trapped? Deep in the ocean? What trapped them? Huge steel nets that closed around them. The Grayson submarine was dragged away before anyone could help it, but the ship I was on uh, got free of the net. Gosh, Mr. Kent, who put the nets down there? And why? That's what we have to find out, Jimmy. Who's behind this? The reason for trapping the Grayson sub is pretty obvious. Someone wants to copy its design. You mean foreign agents? That's right. Now, look, Jimmy, we're wasting time. I want you to go back to the office and stay there all night if necessary. Try to contact Mr. White and tell him I'm safe, but tell him not to repeat it to a soul. If the people behind all this are as smart as I think they are, they probably knew I was on the second submarine and have heard over the radio that I've been given up for lost. All right, now, let's leave it that way. They won't be looking for a dead man. You understand? Uh-huh. Gosh, you're smart. Well, let's see how smart I am. All right, get going. I'll contact you if I need anything. So long. So long, Mr. Kent. Good luck. I hope he can reach Mr. White before he gets too worried. Funny about their not having gotten to the naval base. I probably had a flat or ran out of gas. I think the only thing for me to do is fly along the coast. That missing submarine must be in the water somewhere. I'll find it as Superman. If I have to circle the globe. Up! Up! And away! Somewhere, the Grayson submarine, pride of America's underseas craft, is in the murderous hands of agents hostile to the democracies of the world. With Lois Lane, Perry White, its designer and its crew prisoners on board, the sleek steel craft is even now plowing its way out to sea. Can Superman, even with all his amazing powers, find it in the vast darkness of the ocean, or is it destined to fall into the hands of the enemies of peace? There's excitement and danger ahead. Don't miss it. Don't forget. Tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman.
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! Strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, then steal in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. And now to our story. As you remember, the Grayson submarine, newest and most powerful of the Navy's undersea craft, fell into the hands of a band of foreign agents led by a Dr. Deutsch. As a result of stumbling on Deutsch's hideout, Lois Lane, star girl reporter of the Daily Planet, and her editor Perry White have been taken aboard the submarine as hostages. At the moment, the sleek steel craft, submerged to avoid detection, slips through the sea bound for a foreign port, its captain, designer, and crew unwillingly doing the bidding of Dr. Deutsch and his henchmen. We join Walter Grayson, Captain Denning, and Deutsch in the control room of the submarine. I must compliment you, Herr Grayson. You have developed a fighting machine beyond all belief. With this type of submarine, one country can rule the world. Congratulations. Haven't you already done enough? Not to rub salt in the wounds, or is that just part of your fiendish nature? I forgive you addressing me in that way only because I realize you are not yourself at the moment, Herr Grayson. But believe me, men have gone to their death for less. I don't doubt it for a moment. Captain Denning, you have been strangely silent. Surely you, a naval officer, must be accustomed to things like this. Simply one of the chances of war. This isn't war. This is dirty, sneaking espionage. This is typical of men without a sense of decency. Again, I forgive you. But don't go too far. You may drive me to the end of my patience. I told you that no harm will come to anyone on board. We are interested only in the submarine. I've given you my promise that you will simply be held until the war is over. What do the promises of you and your kind amount to? They've been broken before. I have heard enough. Hold your tongue, both of you. Hey, doctor. Come on. Very fine ship. The Tennyson kicks your son. Let me see in periscope. Yeah. You are right. I see the lights of a ship off our port bow. You know what might be very interesting, Captain Denning? I'm sure that anything that might be interesting to you would not be interesting to me. You are quite right. But I was thinking as I watched the lights of that ship, the torpedo mechanism of this marvelous submarine has not yet been tested. Has it? No! No, in heaven's name, no! You are pale as a ghost, Herr Grayson. Denning, do you know what he means? Do you know what he's planning? Yes, I know. As you say in English... You are way ahead of me. Don't you can't be that much of a beast. It's impossible. What are you talking about? Both Mr. Grayson and I know what you have in mind. You're thinking of trying a torpedo out on that ship. Strange how you read my thoughts. So, you have objections? Even animals don't kill for the sheer joy of killing. That ship may be a passenger vessel or a fishing trawler. It may be a warship, too. It's doing you no harm. This is war. War you do not wait for the enemy to do you harm. You guard against that by doing him harm first. And I rather like the idea of testing the torpedo. I would have cut my arms off or blown out my brains if I had known that this submarine would ever be used for such a purpose. You are hysterical, Herr Grayson. No, he isn't. 
He's acting as any normal human being would act under the circumstances. He realizes as I do that war is the most inhuman of man's creation. A very pretty speech, Captain Jennings, but very impractical. I'm afraid you will have to stand by and watch me indulge in a little target practice. Fortunately, I have men on board who are experienced torpedo guns. In this case, I will not require your crew. And you will tell Preston in the torpedo room that we will attempt to sink the ship. I will give the order when we are ready. The boy, Doctor. It's very interesting to watch a ship through a periscope, knowing that you are safe because you cannot be seen. Very interesting. You wish to look at it, Captain? No, sir. They are approaching it broadside. A good position, isn't it? But I can tell it seems like a small ship. One torpedo should probably finish it. Stand back, Grayson! Stand back, or I'll shoot you! What did you expect? It was my life or his. He had murder in his eyes. He had gone mad. You drove him to madness. I don't suppose that's anything new to you either. Watch yourself, Captain. I am in no humor to be toy with now. Drag him off to one side. Drag him yourself. You killed him. Did you hear me? I said. I was just thinking, Deutsch, how lucky Grayson is. It's all over for him. He doesn't have to look at your piggish eyes any longer. He doesn't have to breathe the same air you breathe. Go on. I know what you are trying to do, but it is all wasted on me. Well, we will have another look through the periscope. And don't try the same thing Herr Grayson tried, Captain. This time I will use the butt of the gun. And all you will have for your pains is a headache. <sighs> we are almost in position. She is a bigger ship than I imagined. I wonder how they are getting along in the torpedo room. I'll find out. And take it forward. Yeah. Yeah, good. All is ready, Captain. You know, there is something exciting about this. Exciting about this. Something that makes your heart race and the blood pound in your veins. It's always that way when you play a game where the stakes are death. Unfortunately, all your games are one-sided. The cards are stacked. You learn, Captain, that it's the only sure way of winning. I think the time has come. See here on the control panel a button marked torpedo fire stern tube. That evidently is the one I press. Deutsch, listen to me for the last time. Have mercy. You've already killed one man in cold blood, isn't it enough? You may have all the mercy, Captain. I shall have the victory. Wait. Seems to be another bottle to press. What does it say? 30 seconds warning bell. Torpedo fire. I see. That I press first. Now the time. But even as the alarm bell echoes through the submarine, a red-cloaked figure flying high above the jagged coastline stops in midair as his keen eyes discern a car parked at a dead-end road. 
Like a streak of light, he dives to the ground, landing beside the parked car. I thought so. Mr. White's car. That means he and Lois must be in that old house up on the cliff. It won't take long to find out. Yeah. Place looks deserted. What on earth made them stop here? Well, we'll just rip some of these boards off this window and see what's what. There. Now up over the sill and inside. Black as pitch. Hardly seems like the kind of a place Lois and Mr. White would go out of their way to find, unless... Wait. Someone moaning? Either that or an animal. I think I'd better investigate. See what's behind this door. Hmm. Locked. Ah, we'll fix that. What? There's a man stretched out on the bed, bound and gagged. All right, just a second, mister. We'll have you out of this. There, that's better. Huh. I thought I'd never get free. Who tied you up? Turn on the light. Never mind the light. Who tied you up? It's a long story. I'm the caretaker for this property here. Yes, yes. I live up the road a piece. A couple of weeks ago, a man came and wanted to rent it. Well? I didn't like his looks. The house had been empty for three years, so I let him have it. Yes, go on. Well, some people moved in, and big trucks drove around the back, but they never took the boarding off the windows. I got suspicious and sort of moseyed around night before last. They caught me and put me in here. I couldn't move, but I could hear everything. They've got a submarine. What? Yes. An American submarine. I don't know how they got it, but they sailed away in it across the ocean. When did they leave? Just a couple of hours ago. Do you know whether a young woman and an elderly man are with them on the submarine? Yes. Yes. Newspaper folk. That's right. I heard them talking about it. And you say they left a couple of hours ago and are headed out to sea? Yes. They must have forgot about me in the rush. You're sure the young lady, Miss Lane, and the elderly gentleman were taken along? I'm sure enough of that. I heard them talking. The man's name was Wright, wasn't it? White. Terry White. That's it. That's it. I heard him say that he was the editor of a paper. Why don't you turn the light on, mister? I haven't time now. I've got to go. You'll be all right now, won't you? Yes. Thanks to you. Then goodbye. Goodbye. And thanks again. So they're heading out to sea in the Grayson sub with Lois and Mr. White aboard. I've got to stop them if it's the last thing I do. A two-hour head start won't bother me, but I wish I knew the direction they took. The Atlantic is a big ocean. Well, no sense guessing about it. Here's the window I came in. I'll find that submarine somehow. Up! Up! And away! Making use of his amazing ability to leap great distances and fly through the air, Superman streaks out to sea in search of the kidnapped submarine. But even he is unaware that Dr. Deutsch is about to test the torpedo mechanism of the new submarine by murderously blasting a ship out of the water. Only a few seconds remain. What will happen? Listen to the next episode for a startling climax. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look, up in the sky!
ground. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. And now to our story. When we last saw Superman, he was streaking out to sea, making use of his amazing power of flight to find the Grayson submarine, stolen by a group of foreign agents and being sailed to a foreign port. On board the undersea's craft, in addition to its captain and American crew, are Lois Lane and Perry White, editor of the Daily Planet. At the moment, Dr. Deutsch, head of the espionage gang, has submerged the submarine and is about to fire a torpedo at a passing ship just to test the submarine's firing mechanism. In the control compartment, he holds Captain Denning at gunpoint while the torpedo-firing alarm bell rings through the steel hull. Now that the alarm is sounded, all I must do is press this button. The one which says, Torpedo fire, stern tube. That ship will sink like a punctured balloon. The love of mercy, Deutsch, don't do it. There are innocent people aboard that ship. People who have done you no harm whatsoever. We are wasting time. I will press the button. Deutsch! Too late! It's done! Now. Whining like a banshee, 2,000 pounds of sudden death catapults from the stern of the submarine and cuts through the water in the direction of the doomed ship, white foam bubbling in its wake. In the all-enveloping darkness, human vision is unable to follow the path of the death-dealing torpedo. But high above the rolling ocean, the eyes of Superman can see the line of white foam trailing the steel fish. For a moment, he hangs in midair, and then, realizing that the torpedo is aimed at the ship moving slowly through the night, Superman dives with the speed of light, landing in the water between the torpedo and its target. Here she comes, and plenty fast, too. It's big enough to blow that ship in half, but not big enough to... I've got you. Now to turn you upside down and send you to the bottom of the sea. So long. That torpedo must have come from the Grayson sub. No other would fire at an American ship in these waters. You could probably pick it up better from above. No, wait. I can see its periscope dead ahead of me, heading east. I'd better follow it in the air until it comes to the surface. Up, up, and away! I'm afraid, Captain Denning, that we missed the ship and wasted a torpedo. Too bad. Either that or the kindly providence protects decent human beings from madmen like yourself. I have already told you, Captain, that you are wasting your breath trying to insult me. At least until the submarine lies at anchor at some port in my own country. Then, if you dare open your mouth, you will suffer for Order the submarine brought to the surface to proceed at full speed. And bring Kepler here to take the captain to his father. One of my men will be here in a moment. Remember, Captain, I have only a small group of assistants on board, but each of them is well trained. Do not attempt anything for which you might be sorry. Now, that is quick. Kepler. Yep. We'll show Captain Denning to his quarters and remain on guard outside. If he attempts anything you do not consider proper in a prisoner, you are not to kill him. Just 
render him helpless temporarily. You understand? Your head on. Good night, Captain Denning. And you will remain here. <laughs> the good captain is not in the best of humor. Kein Wunder, Herr Doctor. Speak English, Hans. You ought to be of help to me in the future. You must speak English well. Yeah, Herr Doctor. It's too bad if he missed with the torpedo, man. No, but not serious. We have the submarine. That is the most important thing. Are we on the surface yet? Yeah. Open the conning tower hatch. We will go on deck for a breath of fresh air. Up the ladder, Hans. I will follow you. Air feels good, eh, Hans? Yeah, Doctor. All the nights are like this, with the sea smooth, we will be home in six days. Yeah, in six days. Imagine Hans stealing a submarine right from under the very noses. Why, it's, it's unheard of. Hey, Doctor. What is it? I heard a strange wind. There's always wind on the sea. Just think of it, Hans. There will be headlines in the newspapers and they will decorate Listen, us. Doctor. I hear it again. Oh, you hear in. Well, what of it? What was that? The submarine rolled. Maybe the hatch is not fastened. It's not. Why are you so nervous, Hans? They will be nervous until they are across the ocean. What can happen now? Do you think these Americans are smart enough to realize what we have done? No. They are stupid. Are they? Who's there? A stupid American. Hans, where is he? I can't see. Dead. Your that gun won't do you any good, my friend. Might as well toss it overboard. Put your hands up. Don't make me laugh. Put them up or I shoot. Go ahead. <laughs> See how those bullets bounced off my chest? Well, that's how you're going to bounce right now. <laughs> so, Americans are stupid, are they? Now, I'll just knock your thick skulls together for good measure. Well, you boys can't take it very well. Both are cold. Well, down the hatch, one at a time. There we are. And I think I'd better follow you and have a look around. This must be the control compartment. All these dials, gauges here. Well, now to find Captain Denning. I'll try this steel door, see what it needs. Good evening. Who are you? Here's my calling card. That's that. He was probably guarding someone in this compartment. I think it's time to get rid of this cape and costume and become Clark Kent. There. That's better. I haven't used Kent's high voice in so long, it sounds strange. Now, let's see who's in here. What do you want? Captain Denning? Yes. Hello, Captain Denning. Now what? Oh, I'm not one of the gang, Captain. My name is Clark Kent. I'm a reporter on the Daily Planet. Reporter? I know it must sound strange, but it's true. Here's my police card. But, but how did you get on board? We've been at sea for hours. Well, uh, I've been trailing this gang of agents. I uh, I tracked them down to their hideout, an old house on a cliff. 
And when they brought this submarine into a hidden cove near the house, I knew something was wrong, so I sneaked on board. I've been lying low ever since. <laughs> it's amazing. How did you get by the gorilla on guard? Oh, a lucky punch fixed him. Same goes for the two who are on deck. They're, they're sleeping peacefully in the control room. You mean Dr. Deutsch and Hans? Yes, Hans is one of them. The other is heavy set with a bristling mustache. Yes, that's Dr. Deutsch. He's head of the gang. Oh. Captain, we've got to work fast. What you say is true. We can regain control of the submarine. With Deutsch, Hans, and Chester out of commission, there are only four of the gang left. They locked most of my crew in the stern compartment. Oh. Those that are free are operating the submarine at gunpoint. I have two revolvers hidden in my locker here. I've been saving them for just such an opportunity. Here you are. Now follow me. Uh, just a minute, Captain. Before we get mixed up in anything, I'd like to know the whereabouts of two friends of mine who are being held on board. Uh, Miss Lane and Mr. White? Oh, they're locked in the stern with my crew. We'll free them later. Oh, good. Can't you certainly flatten this bird on the floor? If Deutsch and Hans got the same treatment, they won't be on their feet for a long time. Come on down this dramatic way. Two of the gang are in the engine room and two more in the diving control compartment. We'll tackle the engine room first. Quiet now. Right up ahead. You swing the door open and I'll cover them. Here we go. Go ahead. Open it. Drop those guns and don't move. Little boy, can't look out! They're looking for a fight, Captain. Let's go. How's this? Can't you? You knocked both of them out. Good heavens, man. How'd you dare wade through that hail of bullets where you hit? Oh, not a scratch. Let's get the other two. Well, my men here can handle them. Take the guns, boys, and let them have it. They get tough. First thing we've got to do, Kent, is radio the naval base and tell them we're on our way back at full speed. This is the happiest moment of my life, and I can thank you for it. We're going back, Kent, with the ship intact. We're going back at full speed. Oh, it was nothing, Commander Lee. Nothing but good fortune. And the right hope that would make a monkey out of Joe Lewis. <laughs> well, it's all over now. We've got the submarine and the gag. Captain Denning, where is this man Deutsch? Oh, he and his first assistant Hans are being brought to the detention building by one of our men, Commander. I think I'd better join Lois and Mr. White, Commander. They're having some coffee. Commander Leach! Commander Leach! Yes? Commander Leach! What is it? Those two spies. They escaped. What? Escaped? You mean Deutsch and Hans? Yes. They got away. They're gone. Well, it looks as though Commander Leeds was a little hasty when he said it was all over. If Dr. Deutsch at liberty, it isn't all over by a long shot. Someone is bound to suffer at the criminal hands of the murderous foreign agent. Deutsch is out for revenge, and the objects of his revenge are Lois, White, and Kent. What will happen? And where will he strike first? Don't forget... Tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. 
Superman who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. And now to our story. Well, it looked for a while as if Dr. Deutsch and his gang of spies were going to succeed in their attempt to deliver the Grayson submarine into the hands of a foreign power. The finest undersea boat in the world was well into the Atlantic, but not too far away for Superman. The mighty visitor from the planet Krypton found the submarine and returned it safely to the naval base with its captain and crew unharmed. Dr. Deutsch and his accomplice Hans were taken prisoner. And then, just as they were about to face punishment for their crimes, not the least of which was the murder of the submarine's designer, Walter Grayson, they managed to break loose. Dr. Deutsch and Hans are free once more to work their evil against peace and freedom. Where will they strike first? At the moment, they are speeding away from the naval base in a stolen car. Faster, Hans. Faster. By this time, they know we have escaped. They're after us. Yeah, Doctor, but these holes are dangerous. There are too many curves. You see? Don't worry, Hans. This car was built to travel at high speed. It is an official car. How did it happen to be ready for our escape? It did not happen, Hans. It was arranged. You will learn in this business, if you live long enough, never to trust to luck. Who arranged it, Herr Doctor? We have a very good friend at the naval base. A very good friend. Don't ask me who it is. There's something even you cannot know. Yeah, Herr Doctor. Now, to the right, it's the next crossroad, up ahead. Where are we going, Herr Doctor? Back to the old hideout. That's the ocean road. But, but we can't do that. They will no doubt be watching for us. Turn, you fool. Don't ever do that again, Hans. Remember, I give orders. You obey. Yeah, yeah, Doctor. But I told you... are not supposed to think. Go faster. May I ask a question here, Doctor? What is it? Why are we going back to that house on the cliff? In the first case, Hans, we are not going back to the house. But where are we going? Slow down. Now, look along the shoreline of the cove where we had the Grayson submarine anchored. Yeah? You see that small shack almost hidden in the woods near the shore? Yeah. Yeah, I see it. That is where we are going. The stupid police will have the house and the cliff guarded, of course. But they will never think to look in the shack. But what is in the shack, Herr Doctor? You will see. Turn in this dirt road. I do not like this, Herr Doctor. You are too close to danger. Whether or not you like it is of small importance. Have you forgotten that you took the oath to work on the master plan? Have you forgotten that those who took the oath swear that they would make the master plan succeed or die in the attempt? No. No, I have not forgotten. The Grayson submarine was nothing. It is the master plan that counts. The plan to rule the world. Stop the car. We'll walk the rest of the day. What are we going to do with the car? I will show you. Get out. Close the door. Turn the front wheels toward the water. Now, get behind here with me and push. The car will roll into the water, Herr Doctor. To be precise, Hans, into 30 feet of water. But what will we do without a car? Leave that to me. Now. I try. Try. Push. It is rolling. Push. Harder. Yeah. Harder. Now, let it go. It sinks fast, Herr Doctor. Yeah. The inside is already filled up. Now only the top shows. Yeah, Hans. Now she is gone. Not even a bubble. You'll never find it down there. You are quite right. The sea hides many things. Now, Hans, I will show you why we have come to this shack. Look over there. What do you see? A line of telephone posts. Yes. Marching like soldiers over the hill, eh? 
Then suddenly, halfway down to his pole, stop. Why here, Doctor? Because from that point on, the telephone wires go underground through a cable. And that cable, Hans, is directly under the shed. And where do you think those telephone wires come from? I do not know here, Doctor. From the naval base, Hans. From the naval base. Ah, I am beginning to understand. We will listen in. Precisely, Hans. We, how do you say it, will tap the wires. We will hear all the conversations. We will see nothing, but we will hear everything. Wunderbar, Herr Doctor. Wunderbar. Wait until you have seen what's inside the shack. You will be amazed. Come, Hans, down this path. Yeah. No one will possibly suspect this abandoned shack. There are thousands like it all over America. Ah, here we are. Notice how the lock on the door has been hidden. See, it is behind this board. Excellent, Herr Doctor. Now I unlock the door. Herr Doctor, like a laboratory. Yes, a complete laboratory. Over there, a powerful shortwave sending and receiving set. In that corner, a dark room for developing important photographs we may find it necessary to take. But look over here. Yeah? This trap door leads to a deep cellar. Help me lift it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Follow me down the ladder, Hans. Yeah. Ah, where is that light switch? Ah, here it is. Wunderbar. The telephone switchboard. Yes. When we have found the cable, we will tap the wires into the switchboard. Then, Hans, not only can we listen here, but we can transfer the calls if we wish. Come, you're wasting precious time. Here are two spades. We must dig for that cable. Come now. <coughs> Unfortunately, Hans, we were unable to deliver the Grayson submarine. But as I said, that is a small matter. The important thing is the master plan. Yeah, master plan. There are people, Hans, who may be in our way. This newspaper reporter, Clark Kent, possibly his editor, or even that main girl. We must be careful. Yeah, Herr Doctor. No matter what, Hans, no matter if it means death, the master plan cannot fail. Deep, Hans. Deep. As the two enemies of peace dig for the buried telephone cable that may be a source of important confidential information, Clark Kent and Commander Leeds, head of the naval base, are engaged in conversation in the latter's office when the phone rings. Excuse me, Kent. Commander Leeds speaking. Yes? Good. Send him right over. Lewis, the Secret Service man assigned to the base, will be here in a few minutes. Well, how can he help us, Commander? Deutsch and his henchmen are gone. It's up to the police to find them. I know, but there's more to this than appears on the surface. Deutsch isn't just a run-of-the-mill spy. He must have an organization behind him. Otherwise, how would he dare try anything like kidnapping the Grayson submarine by encircling it with a huge steel net and dragging it to a hidden cove? It was daring, all right. And clever. Did you uh, read the report on that house they were operating from? Yes. They had a 5,000-horsepower motor fed from a dynamo. Mm. That's what they used to pull the cable that was attached to the submarine net. They're clever, Kent. Oh, come in, Lewis. Commander. Shake hands with Clark Kent. Uh, glad to know you, Mr. Kent. How do you do? Well, Lewis, what have you learned? Very little, Commander Leeds. I questioned the man who was bringing them from the submarine to the detention pen. He claims he was struck from behind. How did they manage to get a car, Mr. Lewis? Yes, an official car with a key in the ignition. Now, we haven't checked that through yet, but I wouldn't worry about them if I were you, Commander. We'll nail them sooner or later. But in the meantime, I've got to answer for that escape. You say you questioned the yard officer and he claimed someone struck him from behind? Yes, sir. Who was that someone? 
I suppose we can assume it was either Deutsch or Hans. We can't assume things, Kent. What about it, Lewis? Well, I don't know, sir, but don't worry ahead about it. Within 24 hours, we'll have them back in the detention pen. Men like that can do a lot of damage in 24 hours. It just occurred to me, Commander. Who ordered them taken to the detention pen? It was my understanding you were going to question them first. That's right. Who did order it? Lewis, do you know? Well, I thought you issued the order, sir. I certainly did not. Well, perhaps it was Captain Denning. No, I'm sure the yard officer told me Commander Leeds had issued the order. And I tell you I didn't. Well, there's one easy way to find out. Ask the yard officer. I left him in the infirmary getting a scalp wound patched up. What's his name? Ensign Carter. I'll find out who issued that order if it's the last thing I do. Commander Leeds speaking. Locate Ensign Carter, yard officer. Have him report to my office at once. Try the infirmary first. Of course, you may have forgotten having given the order, Commander. After all, there was a lot of excitement when the Grayson sub came in. I don't forget things like that, Kent. And anyway, it couldn't have been a verbal order. All detention orders must be made out on a specified form and signed by an officer. Well, what difference does it make who issued the order? It may not make any difference to you, Lewis. You're a civilian government employee. You can't appreciate the necessity of maintaining strict supervision of the armed forces. Ah, that must be the yard officer now. Come in. At ease, Ensign. Close the door. How do you feel? Not too bad, sir. Outside of a headache. You may have a chair. Thank you, sir. I have a few questions I'd like to ask you, Mr. Carter. I'll try not to keep you too long since you've gone through quite an ordeal. That's quite all right, sir. Tell me, Mr. Carter, who delivered the two prisoners to you for transportation to the detention pen? Lieutenant Evans, sir. He was aboard the submarine and delivered both men, handcuffed. Are you sure they were handcuffed? Why, yes. Uh, just a minute, Kent. We'll come to that later. You know, of course, Mr. Carter, that incarceration in the detention pen cannot be made without a written order signed by an executive officer. I know that, sir. Oh, you do? Then who signed the order for the two prisoners? Why, you did, sir. What? I told you. Now, hold on. Ensign, do you mean to sit there and tell me that I signed an order to remove those men from the submarine to the detention cell? Yes, sir. Where is the order? I have it here in my pocket, sir. This is it. Let me see that. Well, I'll be... Kent, I would have sworn I never issued this, but that's my signature, all right. May I see it a moment, Commander? No doubt about it. I must be getting old, suffering from lapse of memory. Hmm. What are you doing, Kent? Looking at it through a magnifying glass. Oh, it's my signature. There's no doubt about it. Oh, I'm afraid I'll have to disagree with you, Commander Leeds. This is a tracing of your signature. Uh, Mr. Lewis, take a look at it. Kent, are you trying to tell me... You've guessed it, Commander. There's a traitor right here at the naval base. Someone who forged your signature to free those two foreign agents. Possibly one of your own men. Is Clark Kent right? Was Commander Leeds' signature forged on the detention order? If it was, who is the traitor? And how long can he work hand-in-hand with Dr. Deutsch and his gang before being exposed? Don't forget... Tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Welcome back. Well... The um, Nazis in this story were not very thinly disguised. In fact, I thought that one point where Dr. Deutsch uh, hit White, uh, he was going to say, you fool, you're not supposed to mention that we're Nazis. At this point, even though America was taking more steps towards Great Britain, it still was not something you would uh, discuss uh, on the radio or even in the comics uh, until after war was declared in Superman and other uh, uh, comics by uh, DC the uh, 
the whole notion of uh, fighting the Nazis, it was disguised with a dictator, somebody from a foreign power. Of course, that wasn't true at all uh, other comic book companies. Over at Timely Comics, which was the predecessor to um, the modern-day Marvel Comics, they released uh, the character of Captain America. And what a lot of people don't realize about Captain America is that he was uh, created before America got into the war in Germany. And the, on the cover of the very first issue of Captain America Comics, it features Captain America hitting Adolf Hitler right in the nose. And Captain America wasn't the only timely character to take on the Nazis. Probably the first one was Namor the Submariner. But once the war started in earnest, everyone got in on the act. They had one character called the Destroyer. He managed to defeat not only Hitler, but Hitler's tag team partner in the comic, Satan. And Timely wasn't alone in fighting the Nazis. Even while there were printing uh, restrictions and uh, shortages on paper, a slew of comic book companies proliferated with legions of forgotten uh, superheroes from companies like Ace, Centaur, Chester, Fawcett, Fox Feature, Harvey, Lev Gleason, and Quality. You had all sorts of patriotic heroes taking on the Axis. None were as powerful as Superman, so they didn't really have that same challenge of uh, creating a situation where their character should just be automatically able to beat the whole Axis. But all presented the same thing. It was definitely uh, escapism from a really scary world, where Superman, the Human Torch, Daredevil or Captain Marvel took care of the bad guys uh, for us, while also providing an example of courage and determination to face the challenges of the real world. It's not a surprise then that after the war many of these uh, characters uh, folded, and really the characters who had their own um, uh, title books, the only one to survive past the early 50s were Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Alright, well that will do it for today. Join us on Monday when we'll continue our pre-war uh, build-up, and then we'll take a little bit of a break for uh, Thanksgiving with some Thanksgiving-related episodes, and we'll bring you something special next Friday. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net.